Weinberg's arrest marked a typical turn of fortune. Stalin liked to play with his victims, often honoring them with awards or offering tributes in newspapers just as warrants for their arrest were being arranged. Only hours before Weinberg's arrest, the violinist David Oistrakh had performed the premiere of his Moldavian Rhapsody in Tchaikovsky Hall, the capital's most prestigious concert hall. Now, well past midnight, Weinberg was led away without his tie and belt. Accused of Jewish bourgeois nationalism, his Sinfonietta No. 1 was held against him, he was held in solitary confinement. In such an atmosphere of uncertainty and terror, Shostakovich took two extraordinary steps on his behalf. He and his wife arranged for power of attorney, so that if Natalia Vovsi Mikhoels were to be arrested as well, the Shostakoviches would become the guardian for their seven-year-old daughter. She would not be sent to an orphanage where children of enemies of the people were consigned. In addition, and at no small risk to himself, Shostakovich sent an appeal to Beria, describing Weinberg as a very talented and promising new composer who wasn't concerned with anything except music, and saying that he, Shostakovich, was willing to vouch for his honesty. But Weinberg remained in custody. An incident in Israel further complicated matters. Late in the night of February 9th, a small group of right-wing Israeli extremists, who were incensed over the anti-Semitic campaign in Moscow, placed an incendiary device inside the compound of the Soviet legation in Tel Aviv. The bomb blew out windows and damaged other property, injuring the wife of the ambassador as well as the housekeeper and the chauffeur. Ben-Gurion was furious, knowing where such an act would lead. He immediately denounced the crime, assuring the Kremlin that Israel would find the perpetrators and hold them accountable. But Stalin was not appeased. For the Kremlin, the bombing provided the perfect pretext to break diplomatic relations with the Jewish state. It did not merely announce the severing of relations. It used the incident to broaden its propaganda against Zionism. Only now it could denounce Israel as an outright enemy that had deliberately carried out an attack. As Pravda commented in the days that followed, the pack of mad dogs from Tel Aviv is loathsome and vile in its thirst for blood. The bombing provoked harsh public feelings among the Soviet population. Local party officials were quick to organize meetings in factories and other institutions, both to reinforce an anti-Zionist message and to gauge public opinion in the wake of the ongoing propaganda campaign. As their reports make clear, the incident in Tel Aviv reinforced the coarsening effects of the doctor's plot and often resulted in a harmful interpretation of these events by ordinary citizens. Based on a handful of once-top-secret reports, it is possible to glimpse inside the popular reaction to the party's campaign against Zionism and the Jewish doctors. On February 13, four days after the bombing, a Communist Party instructor at a Moscow bread factory described the workers' indignation over this outrageous provocation and their unanimous endorsement of the breaking of relations with Israel, an expected echo of the party line. But her report went on to cite displays of anti-Semitism that she found troubling. Several workers complained that there are hardly any honest people among the Jews, 
and that they try to arrange easy jobs at work where there are good salaries, and that during the Great Patriotic War, hardly any Jews were frontline soldiers. A worker at a Moscow textile plant called for the Jews to be removed from managerial positions in institutes and ministries, in consumer goods stores and trade organizations. Still another claimed that the Jews had grabbed all the good apartments so they should be expelled from Moscow, and their apartments given to workers who are fulfilling the five-year plan and building communism. The population had been schooled in how and what to think for decades, so it was hardly surprising that people parroted the party line. But now they were going beyond the prescribed reaction and engaged.